Parks Magic for One is a podcast for solo Walt Disney World resort travelers. We'll discuss my trips to Florida in an audio blog style, discuss solo traveler challenges, and help you prepare for your next trip to the most magical place on earth. Make sure you subscribe to Parks Magic for One and follow me on Twitter at Eric Hall WDW. Welcome to Parks Magic for One, episode 19. Today's podcast is post three of the winter 2020 trip series. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Eric Hall WDW. And of course, all opinions expressed are my own and Parks Magic for One is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by the Walt Disney Company. Hey everybody, this is Eric. Welcome back to another episode of Parks Magic for One. Uh, Hope you had a great weekend if you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, If not, I hope you had a great whatever it was before this. Um, Thanks to everybody who has been sending me messages and interacting, um, especially on Instagram. Uh, Got a lot more um, uh, traction there, I think, than I sometimes do on Twitter, and so I appreciate everybody uh, taking a look at uh, photographs and uh, clicking through links to the podcast and that sort of thing through Instagram. So a uh, great, great addition to the Parks Magic for One um, suite, I guess. So uh, today we're going to talk all about day three of the trip, and uh, that would be, um, it's a Friday, uh, would have been a few weeks ago. And uh, one of the things, I, I think I actually forgot to do this last time, um, I, I want to kind of go through the plan that we had first for that day and then kind of go into a, to what the reality was. I don't think I did that last time, so I apologize, but uh, we'll do that for today. Um, so the plan for today, according to my uh, my little spreadsheet here that I've mentioned on uh, several occasions, uh, tweeted a, a picture of it uh, a while back, and so you can go back and take a look at that. Uh, on my Twitter feed. Um, But essentially, the plan for today was to start off uh, at the Polynesian Resort. Um, As a reminder, we're actually staying at uh, Port Orleans French Quarter this time. It's my uh, dad and I. Uh, We're going to start at the Polynesian for breakfast at the Kona Cafe, Uh, one of those things that both he and I like doing. Uh, at least once during the trip, and um, just kind of, just kind of one of our one of our things. Um, he's a uh, dad's a big fan of the Tonga toast, although this last time that's not what he had, so I was a little surprised. But uh, if you're not familiar with Tonga toast, it's amazing. It's a thick piece of um, French toast with uh, uh, bacon or uh, bacon. Oh my gosh! Well, that can be a good addition actually. Uh, bananas stuffed inside. And, and so it's kind of one of those things, but definitely one of the places that we like to go. Um, I love the Polynesian uh, Village Resort in general, uh, and Kona Cafe is um, always a, a great place to start a day. So uh, the plan was to start there, uh, eat some breakfast, and then uh, make our way over to Epcot, probably via uh, monorail was our thinking. Um, we had three fast passes planned for Epcot that morning. And so we were uh, in, in, in the order that they happened. Uh, it'd be Soren, Living with the Land, uh, the Boat Ride, and um, uh, Spaceship Earth. And so uh, if you listened to the last episode, um, you'll know that we actually did end up spending some time over at Epcot uh, the afternoon of that first day, which actually wasn't, on the, uh, wasn't part of the plan. And so uh, we're kind of doubling up on some things. And so we'll kind of talk through what we actually ended up doing today. Um, 
uh, a little bit later. Uh, then the plan was to go back to the hotel for a while mid-afternoon. We had a fairly early dinner reservation, 4.45 at the Boathouse, um, which is a restaurant in Disney Springs that we'll talk about. And then uh, today we had uh, planned a uh, Magic Kingdom After Hours event. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit about that as a way to spend uh, the evening. So um, so that's the planned uh, schedule. Uh, and so we'll uh, we'll then we'll, we'll get into what uh, what we actually did here. So um, about eight thirty or so, we ended up uh, leaving the room, uh, kind of a nice leisurely um, get up and around and and that sort of thing. Um, I don't remember if we got uh, drinks from the um, uh, from the snackateria there uh, or not, coffee or what have you before we left. But anyway, kind of a slow morning, um, get up and around. We ended up Ubering from uh, the uh, resort Port Orleans French Quarter over to the Polynesian Village. Uh, it's the easiest way, I think, if you're going to go from resort to resort uh, without wasting a lot of time going through a park or Disney Springs, and especially that time of day. Uh, you know, you've got buses full of people going to the parks and, um, I don't know, it's just not an efficient way to, to get from one resort to another to use a bus. So, uh, we ended up uh, doing a ride share over to Polly. Uh, it was quick and easy. Uh, by the time we got to the Polynesian, it was about 8.50, 8.55. So it only took about 20 minutes or so, uh, to get over there, uh, to get, to wait for the ride and to get over there. Um, uh, there's usually a wait at uh, Kona Cafe. They're pretty good about sticking to their, uh, their assigned um, times. And so, uh, we did end up waiting a little bit. I think the reservation was for 9.05 AM. Uh, we were actually seated, uh, at about 9.04, uh, is what I wrote down. And so, uh, they, they definitely, um, definitely, uh, stuck to the schedule there. So even if you do arrive a little early, uh, which I always feel like it's a good thing to do, chances are, uh, you're probably not going to get seated right away. Um, so we had a, a great, uh, a great breakfast. Uh, I'll post some pictures on Instagram so you can take a look at those. Uh, it was quick though. Uh, we were only there for um, about half an hour or so, so it was a quick in and out. One thing I will will say about Kona Cafe also is that if you're a, a coffee fan, they have a fantastic uh, um, press pot. Uh, they, it's a Kona blend coffee, but it's in a press pot. Um, fantastic coffee. Um, my dad, who isn't necessarily a, a black coffee drinker, um, he's, you know, he's one of the people who needs to put more, um, sweetener and, and milk in than actual coffee. Uh, he, he actually really likes it, uh, likes the coffee. And so, uh, it's one of the things that we usually do, uh, press pots, um, a little bit more expensive, um, than a couple cups of coffee. I think it's like eight or $9 maybe. Um, but it does get you, you know, I would say probably three to four full cups of coffee. Um, so it's not a bad, not a bad deal. And uh, it's kind of a, kind of a fun thing to do. So, uh, anyway, we were there for about half an hour, uh, ended up leaving about nine thirty, nine thirty-five um, via the monorail to um, head over to Epcot. And so of course, uh, at that point, if you're at the Polynesian, uh, your only option is the resort monorail. And of course, the Transportation Ticket Center is the stop immediately prior to the Polynesian. So if you get on at the Polynesian, you're going to ride the whole way around, uh, which we did. It went pretty quick. Uh, there weren't any slowdowns or anything, so uh, it was not a huge deal. And that was maybe the only monorail ride we had of the trip. So kind of a, you know, one of those things you kind of have to do each time you're down there. So it was it was okay. 
Um, we ended up getting to uh, Epcot. Then, of course, you have to change uh, change monorails at the transportation ticket center. Uh, we timed it really nicely. There was a, a monorail coming into the uh, to the Epcot side uh, when we got there, and we just walked right on. So, ended up getting at uh, getting uh, to Epcot somewhere around ten o'clock, give or take. And uh, like I said in our plans, we had uh, a Soren Fast Pass. That was the first one that we did, uh, and that was at ten twenty-five. So. Uh, we headed um, straight over there. Of course, with Epcot being torn up and uh, walls all over the place, uh, I was a little unsure about what the, the quickest way to get there would be, but they do have a, a walkway. It's it's temporary, but it's probably going to be there for a year or two. A uh, temporary walkway that'll take you straight over to uh, what was or is, I guess, still Future World West. Um, so it takes you right past the uh, the seas. Um, and then up toward the, the land pavilion. So um, we got to Epcot around 10. By the time we made our way uh, over to um, Soren, it was um, pretty close to, to 10.25, maybe 10.30 or so. Um, didn't have to wait um, uh, you know, very long or anything for the Fast Pass to come up. So we did Soren. Um, always a great ride. It's, um, it's definitely one of, uh, one of our favorites. I, I do believe that since Test Track is um, was being refurbished at the time that we were there, I think the waits were a little bit longer for Soren. There, uh, we we had a fast pass, but um, I we ended up waiting. Hmm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a good twenty to twenty five minutes probably for um, for uh, to get on the ride by the uh, after the time you know we checked in, and so uh, it took a little bit longer. And uh, I'm never quite sure how they you know, how they sort of parse people out there. It always seems like we end up going in the, the longest line, even though there are shorter lines uh, everywhere else, the other theaters. But anyway, uh, it was it was not terrible, a uh, little bit of a wait. Um, we uh, So we, we finished up Soren and uh, ended up going over to... Uh, so it, if, in the plans, like I said, uh, we had a, a fast passes for Soren, the land, and Spaceship Earth. Um, so we had ridden the land the day before uh, when we went over there to Epcot, just kind of on the fly, uh, and so ended up not um, not really needing to do that, um, and uh, um, so we ended up uh, swapping out a fast pass for uh, the land boat ride for Journey into Your Imagination with Figment, and uh, which I don't, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, I'm a Figment fan. Um, I love, especially Festival of the Arts, the last couple of years where they've kind of featured Figment. Um, kind of exciting. And I picked up a couple of Figment um, souvenirs this time around. But uh, so we went over there. It was about 11.05 or 11.10, I think, was the Fast Pass time. So I did that. It was a, a quick, uh, almost a walk on for the Fast Pass line. Uh, so it, it didn't take us very long at all. Uh, there was a fairly long standby line, though. And I think, again, that's just a function of um, uh, Test Track and what used to be Universe of Energy not being open now. Uh, there's just fewer places for guests to, to go in future worlds. So um, that's kind of what I attribute the, the longer waits to. Um, so we, we rode Journey into Imagination, uh, about 1130 or so. Um, then we were kind of on our way, um, over to the other side of the park. Um, I had seen the ex, uh, Epcot experience, which is, uh, the new little 
show kind of thing that they have over in the, the Odyssey restaurant. Um, I had seen that on my Thanksgiving trip, um, but I wanted um, Dad to see it because it is kind of a cool thing. If, you, if you're not familiar, uh, it's a, a combination of um, uh, projections and um, projection mapping um, on a, a model of um, Epcot that they have um, in this um, in this area. It's kind of a round room, probably, I don't know, 30, 40 feet in diameter. Um, and so but what they do is they go through and they talk about some of the changes that are coming over the next several years um, to various pavilions and what have you. And so it's a really cool show. I think it's like 12 or 14 minutes or something like that. And it just continuously loops. So whenever you get there, you get there and then you can just watch it go through the, the entire show. So um, I had seen it. I thought it was really cool if for no other reason than the amazing projection mapping that they do on that model in the middle of the room. It's it's amazing. Um, and so I wanted my dad to see that. So uh, we went to uh, we went to the Eggpad Experience, um, watched the show, uh, and uh, and then just kind of wandered through the rest of the um, the area there, which there's not a whole lot to see. Uh, they didn't even have this time around. They didn't even have PhotoPass uh, photographers. Usually they have uh, photographers in the little photo op areas um, for the some of the new pavilions and attractions. Um, but they didn't have that this time. And so it was, there was really not a whole lot to, to do. So we just kind of wandered through quick and, uh, and called it good by, uh, let's see. So then we also, um, ended up kind of walking around a few of the countries. Um, by that point, uh, world showcase was open. So we made our way uh, through a couple of countries, um, uh, Mexico. I don't even know that we went into, um, Mexico, uh, I think we just kind of walked past. Uh, I went over to Norway, though. Uh, there's an artist that my dad um, uh, collects some of his work, and he sometimes sets up shop in the the Norway shop over there. So we went over to see if he was there, uh, which he was not. Um, and so we kind of walked around a little bit. Um, ended up uh, just doing a little bit of wandering and shopping for um, for a period of time. Uh, went to the uh, the outpost, I think is what it's called, um, the little little kind of African area uh, between a couple of the countries and World Showcase. Uh, did a popcorn and beer flight, um, which is available for the Festival of the Arts. Um, kind of cool, a little overrated. Um, I had seen it on um, a, a vlog um, on YouTube before we left and thought I wanted to try it and it was okay. Um, you know, nothing, you know, you get like about five kernels of popcorn is all, they were different flavors and they were supposedly paired with the different kinds of beer. Um, it was okay and nothing that I would need to do again, but an interesting idea anyway. Um, and so then what, what was, what ended up kind of being one of the highlights of the trip, we just sort of stumbled upon. So we, um, we, we kind of made our way through a few more of the countries and ended up in Germany. And I had seen, um, I had seen on a, a vlog before I left um, a, a place for Festival of the Arts where you could um, do some custom glass stuff. And um, they didn't really talk a whole lot about it on the vlog. Um, just kind of said it was there. Um, it's in the little kiosk in the, the German pavilion where the glass blower used to be set up. They used to have a, a little stand there where there was a glass blower cast member that was uh, there and, and creating things. Um, that's moved. Apparently that's over in the Mexico pavilion now. But um, what is there in, in Germany now is um, this custom make your own glass stuff um, set up. 
And so I, it, it started for Festival of the Arts, but the cast member that was there said that um, as far as they know, it's going to remain there indefinitely. That They've had a fairly good um, response and, and, and people seem to like it, so they're going to stay there for a while. But what you do, um, they have a home, and it's very small. If you remember the size of the glass blower shop, it's just, I mean, it's probably, you know, like 12 feet square is all. Um, but they have set up um, a whole bunch of um, different colors and sizes, shapes of um, small glass pieces. And uh, and then they have um, kind of blank things that you can can start from. So for example, they have um, a small, like a three inch by three inch um, jewelry plate, or they have a couple of different larger plates, or the one that my dad and I chose was a, a nightlight. So it was about a about the size of a, an index card piece of glass that um, came attached to a nightlight. And so what you did then was you took this blank piece of, piece of glass and you um, used all of the different colors and shapes that they have sitting out there to create your own glass piece, um, nightlight or, or dish or you know tray or whatever it is that you wanted to make. We started doing this at about, it was about 12.45 or so that day. Um, it took quite a while. It took almost 45 minutes to kind of go through the whole thing. So it's not something you can just do quick, but... Um, both my dad and I made a, a nightlight. Um, you can see pictures of mine on my Instagram or my Twitter. Uh, I, I tried to, I tried to sort of abstractly create figment. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, it kind of worked. Um, you can, you can make your own judgment if you go take a look at it, but, um, essentially what you do is you take these little pieces of uh, different colors and sizes and shapes of glass and you can create whatever you want to. My dad just did kind of an abstract sort of thing with some different shapes and colors. Um, I tried to, like I said, create something, um, sort of, uh, but you, you take the little, the little um, colored pieces and shapes and you put them on uh, your blank piece in our case this um, this index card sized piece of glass for a nightlight um, you sort of arrange the pieces the way you want uh, then you come back and they give you some glue and so you glue the pieces down um, and then that's the way you leave it um, and then they send it to um, it's actually the Arebus brothers they have a shop in uh, Mexico they have a shop in uh, the Mexico Pavilion, I should say, at Epcot. Uh, they have a shop at Disney Springs. Uh, and so they send whatever it is you make to their warehouse in Orlando and um, or Central Florida, wherever it is. And uh, they, they fire it, heat it up so that the glass kind of melts together. And then you have your, your finished piece and they send it to you. Uh, took Ours took probably about two to two and a half weeks, I would say, to get to us uh, from the day that we made it until the, the day that it arrived. Um, ours, the nightlight was $40. Um, so it, it comes with the, you know, the piece of glass, all the different colors and shapes and stuff that you want to use. Um, the nightlight itself, you know, the part that plugs in, um, and then shipping is included as well. And they were very well packed. Um, lots of bubble wrap, lots of packing peanuts and everything. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, for, for 40 bucks and, you know, 45 minutes, it was kind of a, kind of a cool thing. Um, and I would maybe go back and do it again. We were talking about this, my dad and I were talking about this and I don't, I don't know that it's something that I would need to do every time, but it's, it, it's definitely, um, kind of a cool thing. And hopefully they leave it there for a while so that other people can experience, but especially as part of the festival of the arts, I think it's a really, um, kind of a different and unique, unique kind of thing and not overly expensive. I think the least expensive was the three by three, um, jewelry dish. And I think that was maybe, 
maybe $35 maybe or 40. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a, a really neat experience. And so definitely go take a look at those pictures and, uh, and see what you think and see what you think of my figment. So remember abstract is what we were going for. So, yeah. Um, although I do feel like I should go back and with a Sharpie, make him some eyes, but you let me know what you think. So that was, uh, that put us at about 1245 or one o'clock. Uh, we knew that we had a fast pass then coming up for Spaceship Earth. I think it started at 155 or so. Um, and so we kind of needed to get back up to the front of Future World. So we ended up um, taking a, a friendship boat from uh, the, uh, the Morocco area there um, back up to, um, to the, uh, the, the front of Future World and uh and then made our way to um, spaceship earth for our fast pass about two o'clock or so uh that was the last thing we did then at epcot that day and so we ended up leaving the park somewhere around 2 15 uh and uh had uh, a quick bus ride um, back to the resort uh, and we were there by about 2 45 so um, that was kind of the morning slash early afternoon uh, we did some you know uh, got some drinks and refillable uh, mugs and that sort of thing and just kind of hung out for a while um, we uh, decided to keep the uh, reservation for the boathouse um, that afternoon because we knew that we had the magic kingdom after hours and so kind of wanted to eat a little bit early um, we knew that you know it's the all you can eat snacks uh, at the uh, after hours event and so um, kind of wanted to eat a little bit earlier and then um, and then maybe just find some snacks when we were over at Magic Kingdom so um, ended up uh, leaving for Disney Springs about four o'clock or so um, we got there it took a little bit longer I believe we had to wait for a, a boat or two um, I forget exactly what the situation was but we didn't get over to um, Disney Springs until about the time that our reservation was. So I actually ended up calling from the boat, um, calling the boat house from the, the transportation boat over there, letting them know that we were going to be late. Um, cause I didn't want to lose our reservation. So, <clears throat> but it was fine. Um, by the time we docked, it was about uh, right at four forty-five. Uh, we ended up getting to the boat house, um, about, um, five or a little after actually, um, so we were about 15 or 20 minutes late for the reservation, but, um, again, I had called, so they were fine with it, had our table ready to go. Um, we, uh, were finished up eating then about six o'clock, um, had a really good meal there. We, we, it's one of the places that we like to go, uh, when we visit, um, I believe my dad had uh, coconut shrimp and I, hmm, I had something, um, hmm. Nope, can't remember what it was off the top of my head. Uh, but it was a, a good meal. Um, the service was a little questionable this time, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, I don't, I don't quite know. But it took quite a while for the person to, um, for the server to, to get to us. Uh, and then I felt like they just weren't overly attentive, which is odd because they have a ton of staff there. Um, I just didn't feel like our server was, um, was really on top of things. So, uh, that's never happened before. We've always had really good service there. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure why, why they were uh, having an off night, but, um, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't overly impressed. So, uh, we left there about six o'clock or so, uh, got back to French quarter fairly quick, uh, about six twenty-five or six thirty. Um, for the Magic Kingdom After Hours events, for those of you that might not be familiar with it, it's a, 
It's a hard ticketed event, which means that you have to purchase uh, the ticket ahead of time. Um, it does not come with your regular admission to um, the parks. And they have these after hours events, I believe, at all of the other parks, <laughs> except Epcot. I don't believe they have them at Epcot, um, but they have them at Hollywood Studios um, and Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. And I've actually done all three of those now. And uh, Magic Kingdom, for reasons that we'll talk about here coming up, is definitely my favorite. Um, the other two, Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, um, after hours, uh, I, I, I wasn't real impressed with, I, again, if you know, from listening, I'm not a huge, you know, roller coaster kind of guy and that sort of thing. And, um, the after hours events, you know, the shows are not going. So Hollywood studios, uh, if I'm not a, a roller coaster thrill ride kind of guy and the shows aren't going, <laughs> there really isn't a whole lot left to do. Um, and, uh, when, when I was there for that, uh, for the Hollywood studios after hours, a couple of years ago, it was actually raining and slow. So slinky dog, uh, dash roller coaster was not functioning at the time. And so it was a really limited, um, number of attractions that were available. So I was, I was disappointed, um, and didn't, didn't really think at Hollywood studios, it was worth the money. Um, the animal kingdom after hours was better. There are uh, more attractions that are still open. Um, and of course, most of the people do it for the rides in Pandora. Um, so, you know, you could basically walk on to any ride you wanted to. And so um, it was a, a much better value at Animal Kingdom. One thing I will say about Animal Kingdom, though, is that um, uh, it, since it's since it's a it feels like the park is kind of more spread out and, and that sort of thing, um, it was more difficult to find the snacks. If you're interested in the Mickey uh, Mickey ice cream bars and sandwiches and popcorn and pop. Um, it seemed like it was more difficult to find those at uh, Animal Kingdom. So, um, but uh, so so we had this after hours event. Um, you can get in. Um, the park closed at eight. Magic Kingdom closed at eight um, on this particular day, um, and so with your um, ticket, you can start getting in at seven o'clock, an hour before the actual closing time. So my dad and I. Um, arrived at uh, the park um, somewhere around 7.30, 7.45. Uh, we left the resort about 7 o'clock that night. Um, and we uh, we checked in. You have to um, uh, check in either at someplace in the park if you're already there, um, or um, they'll give you a wristband um, on the way in uh, at the turnstiles. And so we, uh, we went ahead, checked in about 7.45 or so, um, and then um, uh, we're there for about two, maybe a little over two hours. Um, it went from eight until 11. It's a three hour um, ticketed event. And so uh, we stayed for about two thirds of it or so, um, did a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I, I really like those events, especially at Magic Kingdom. At Magic Kingdom, uh, it, it the crowds were virtually nothing. Um, by the time uh, by the time we kind of got into the park and um, started to wander around, of course the the park had closed to day guests, and so um, you know it, it takes a while. It takes half hour, forty five minutes for day guests to kind of filter out after um, after the park actually closes, but. Um, we, I mean, we, you, you can do so much as far as attractions, especially in Magic Kingdom. They just have a lot of them um, open for the after hours events compared to the other two parks, I feel like. And so, um, you know, we, we did a whole bunch. We did uh, from, from about 745 or 8 o'clock until 10 or a little after. Um, we, we rode Pirates of the Caribbean, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Uh, we rode um, 
uh, let's see, Haunted Mansion, um, uh, Under the Sea with Ariel, The People Mover, um, Buzz, Light, Light, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin. Uh, let's see. Um, seems like there was something else. Um, yeah, that might have been it. Um, but, um, yeah, and then, you know, we took some time just to kind of relax. Uh, we got some of the snacks. So you can, like I said, included in your ticket is um, unlimited uh, Mickey ice cream bars and sandwiches, ice cream sandwiches and um, popcorn, and then uh, a selection of um, different beverages, bottled water uh, or um, Coke products. And so um, we, we did all of those attractions, um, spent probably 15, 20 minutes just kind of hanging out, relaxing. Uh, over in Frontierland with some snacks, um, and and yeah, just really really kind of enjoyed um, the evening. Uh, my dad and <laughs> uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in the dark is a little bit different than riding it in the daytime, uh, so it didn't um, didn't necessarily agree with him very well. Um, and so after that, he was a little uh, a little gun shy as far as going on some other attractions, but. Um, it was, it was a, a nice, a nice event. Um, I mean, you know, virtually nobody there compared to what you find in the, in the day. Um, uh, we wrote, I think we wrote Peter Pan too. I forgot to mention that one. Um, and so, you know, just a, a lot of, um, you can, we can really knock off a lot of things and, and spend some time in some of those attractions, um, that, you know, have longer waits and that sort of thing during the day. So, um, <clears throat> by the time we left, uh, I mean, everything was, was walk on, um, you could have done, you could have done everything. Um, in fact, I think space mountain, when we walked past, I look, I think it was like a 10 or 15 minute, um, wait, which is about as long as it takes you to walk through the queue line. So, um, yeah, really good, really good value for the money. I think, uh, those events cost, I think they're maybe like $89, uh, or something like that. Um, and then, uh, if you have a, a discount of some kind annual pass or what have you, then, um, obviously they're less than that. So <clears throat> for the, for the money, uh, it was a good deal, especially I think when, uh, in the time of year that we went, when the park hours were so short, um, you know, it closes at eight. And so three hours after eight o'clock is not, you know, it's not that big of a deal staying out until 11 or whatever. Um, when I've done it in the past, like, uh, when I did Hollywood studios a couple years ago, I think the park closed at, hmm, I want to say maybe 10. Um, and so the after hours event didn't start until 10, went from 10 to one. That's a really late night. Um, and, and, you know, especially if you've been doing stuff the rest of the day. So, um, it was, it was nicer this time around because of that earlier start time. Um, it's a slower time of the year in general. And so, you know, I don't know how many of those tickets they actually end up selling, but, um, you could definitely tell that it was just a fraction of the people that are there during the day. So, um, it was, it's a, a really good option. And if, um, you know, if you're interested in, uh, in spending a little extra money and having that experience, I say, go for it. Um, maybe not so much of the other two parks, but definitely magic kingdom. I think it's a great way to go. Uh, let's see. So we left Magic Kingdom then uh, a little after 10 o'clock, about 10.15, give or take. Uh, uh, they, they actually had really good bus service. I was a little concerned about buses being a little sporadic, um, you know, later at night uh, from, from Magic Kingdom. But they actually had quite a few buses running, and uh, we were we were back at uh, the hotel uh, by about 10.30 or shortly after. So it was a pretty quick bus wait and, uh, and trip back. So um, that, was, that was day three. That was Friday. Um, really good day. Um, kind of nice to break things up with kind of a, an early, um, an early dinner, 
um, especially, you know, with a little bit later evening um, and uh, just just worked out really well. So um, one of the one of the best days that um, I've had there for quite in quite a while. And so um, definitely, definitely something to keep in mind as far as some of those things that we did. Um, so that kind of brings us uh, to the end of day three, then um, day four, uh, which is another full day. Uh, it's the last full day of this trip. Um, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, we spent some time at Hollywood Studios. Um, the weather on this next day was not very good. It was kind of rainy and misty um, a, a lot of the day. And so um, we'll kind of talk about how that impacted things. Um, but spent some time at Hollywood Studios, had a really nice meal over at one of the Epcot resorts that we'll talk about. Um, and uh, yeah, and then unfortunately had to start packing and all that kind of stuff. So um, anyway, we will talk about that the next time that we're together. Um, thank you so much uh, for listening. I really appreciate you um, taking the time to, to listen to things. And again, any suggestions or, uh, or uh, feedback or um, additional information that you can add to the conversation, go ahead and send to me either Instagram or Twitter. Um, and I love getting those messages. So uh, anyway, remember to subscribe uh, to Parks Magic for One on whichever platform you use. Uh, that includes Anchor FM, uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Thank you so much for listening today. Our next podcast will air this coming Thursday. This is Eric Hall. Take care and go make some magic for yourself. <laughs>